The Cincinnati Bengals fall to 0-2 after another last-second loss to Cooper Rush and the Dallas Cowboys. Is it time to push the panic button? You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisko. He's your host, James Rapine. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, bringing you coverage of your Cincinnati Bengals every day, free and available everywhere you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Today's episode of Locked On Bengals is presented by Prize Picks, daily fantasy made easy. You're going to get a 100% instant deposit bonus up to $100 with promo code Locked On if you're a first time user. That's prizepicks.com, promo code locked on. James, the Cincinnati Bengals are 0 and 2. And since 1990, teams that start the season 0 and 2 have a, an 11% chance historically of making the playoffs. And that could be different for this team. But last year, zero teams, and maybe the last two years, zero teams that started 0 and 2 made the playoffs. That's a conversation to probably be had down the road. Once this team has more games under its belt, we'll have a better idea of whether this is a playoff team or not. But certainly, much will need to change, especially on the offensive side of the ball. But in week two against Cooper Rush and the Dallas Cowboys offense that has had some of its teeth removed in the way of injury, there can start to be some questions about the defense, which again played well. But if you're nitpicking, and I think you can for an 0-2 team, you can find some words there. But I think it all starts on the offense. Yeah, it, it certainly starts on the offense. And oh, everything was painful today. Everything was tough. Everything took way more effort. And in, in, it was just hard. I, nothing came easy. And yeah. even on the 19-play the drive, 78 yards, that, that wasn't fun. Now, the end result was what Bengals fans were hoping to see, which was the touchdown to T. Higgins and the two-point conversion to Tyler Boyd. But that wasn't a fun drive. That wasn't, like, enjoyable, I think, for anyone outside of the end result. And that's the thing is this offense, it's not good right now. It's a bad offense. And in and, and that, they had no business going out there and playing the way they did. They had no business going out there and, uh, you know, having 84 total yards of offense in the first half, uh, not being able to push the ball down the field. I think it was 3.1 yards. Uh, per attempt or, or yeah, per attempt, I think on uh, uh, in the first half, like it's just all these numbers. This was the most explosive offense in the league last year. And I know there's offensive line issues, but they just didn't take any shots. And that's the part that looking back now, what an hour, two hours post game, at least take a shot here or there. And there weren't, any and they didn't take any and I know Jamar Chase was frustrated by it and I, I think that this team is pretty frustrated right now Joe Burrow is as frustrated as, as I've seen him uh an incompletion of Joe Mixon I remember he was really frustrated there and then there was a penalty it kept him on the field but Burrow was as frustrated as I've seen him as a pro and uh I think that matters a lot and is pretty telling after an 0-2 start yeah and uh, I mean it can start with Burrow in some ways. And we'll talk about the offensive line as well. And certainly I think the offensive line needs to play better, but this is another game where I think Joe Burrow is taking sacks that 
he didn't necessarily take last year when he was good anyway, after the first four weeks of the season, when he was starting to manage the pocket really well, something that I've said a lot more than I've wanted to say today, as I've gone on our various national shows to talk about what the heck is going on with the Bengals, the AFC champions starting the season. zero and two is that I, I don't feel like Joe Burrow is managing the pocket very well. I don't think he's seeing the field very well. And he didn't turn the ball over this week, which is fantastic. And, and, you know, in that regard, there's a step in the right direction there, but the offense was barely more efficient. And I really have questions about the first and second down offense, which is where you think that the passing game might have some advantages because it's a neutral situation where teams have to honor the run. The Bengals just aren't getting production on those downs. Even on that touchdown drive, you mentioned James, the Bengals offense averaging, but it took them 18 plays to go 83 yards or so. And that is not a very high yards per play, Mark. I was looking at that 4.37 yards per play, and they, they had to convert. Well, they had four third downs. They converted three of them. They had to convert a fourth down. The longest plays on that drive were 16, 10-yard catches for T. Higgins and an 11-yard catch for Jamar Chase. Even when they got the single high looks, the downfield shots weren't there. And I think that that includes, and I would have to go look at the L22, the last two plays of the game for the Bengals on offense. I think they got single high looks and the ball came out quick and it came out underneath and they did not pick up a first down they needed there. Mm -hmm. And so I think that there's going to be a lot to learn from all 22 in this game from, from watching on TV. We didn't get very many looks downfield. I don't have a good idea of what the Dallas Cowboys were doing in coverage for a lot of the game. I don't have a good idea of what, route concepts the Bengals are running to try to beat those coverages but I did hear Joe Burrow complain after the game not complain lament the Bengals offense uh, inability to punish teams for playing a lot of Tampa two in the run game he said the run game in the second half is a lot closer to where we want it to be and I'm paraphrasing but it, it sounds like this team doesn't really have answers for what they're seeing right now. And it's Burrow and it's the offensive line and it's the play design and it's the play calling and it's the offensive structure. And it's all of these things. It's not just one of the things you can point almost anywhere on offense and say, there's a problem here and you would probably be right. Yep. 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 Uh, let's yeah. I mean, you go down the list and there's issues. I, I agree with you. I think Burrow there's a couple times where I feel like he would have made, throws and, and held onto the ball and then he was getting hit or he was scrambling or insert whatever happened. So th that's certainly there. But the thing you hit on and Burrow talked about it a little bit, Tampa two beaters, that'd be nice to have a couple of those. And uh, Jamar Chase talked about it too. He said, we're going to have to start making adjustments on the fly. Teams know how to defend us now. And so we need to, to be able to adjust and, and move. And, and he said that like, he that's said that. That, that's pretty much what I was right there. Now I'm paraphrasing and I'll tweet out exactly what he said, uh, the link to the video, but like, that's what he said. Yeah. And Jamar keeps it 100 yeah. essentially all the time. And so is very, he was very frustrated. And I think they're, they're extremely frustrated because I'll be honest. They had no business losing to the Dallas Cowboys for all the show that, that that this is and this is a gorgeous stadium, by the way. And for those wondering, yeah, it's a they're using leaf floors to clean the seats here at Jerry World, so that's why there's that background. But they shouldn't have lost today. 
they, and Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase and Joe Mixon and Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins and and I'll even in this offensive line, they shut in a loss today. And they need to figure it out right now. Right now. Because I've seen this before, Jake. Mm-hmm. And no, not an AFC title team uh, in Cincinnati. I haven't seen that. I wasn't alive for the first two. But what I have seen is a, a splash year. And then you never get back to that level. Yeah. Oh, five. Right. And then oh, six, it was like, oh, well, they're not that good. And oh, they are good. And they're making this playoff run. And they get to, I think it was eight and six or eight and five. They beat the Ravens. And then they fall flat on their face late in the season. And it was just this up and down roller coaster that ended in disaster. Like, this is not one of the, the AFC contending teams. Right? They're not playing like it. And they're not it. And so maybe they will be at one, one point. But remember, I said that going into this game. If they're one of these Buffaloes, uh, the Chiefs, if they're that type of team, the damn Steelers lost to the Patriots today and Mac Jones. Okay? And the Bengals lose to them, and then they lose to a guy named Cooper Rush. And they knew Micah Parsons was going to be tough to block. They knew that the Cowboys were going to play too high. They knew these things. And the fact that they just came out, they're down seven, 17 to three at half, and just kind of, I don't know if they thought the Cowboys were going to just roll over or what, but there was no energy on either side of the ball at the start of it. And the slow start part of it, man, if you get up on Cooper Rush, it is over. Mm-hmm. We talked about that with Marcus. And instead, they gave Cooper Rush and this crowd and everybody something to cheer about. And when you dig yourself that much of a hole, it's really hard to get out of. Yeah, all those things are absolutely true. A lot more to break down in this game. You can talk about the defense, the slow starts, what Burrow had to say, the offensive line. We we haven't really gotten that in to the offensive line. Oh, we will. We're going to have to. We will. Probably also some coach talk coming as well. And defense, yep. Plenty to talk about here on Lockdown Bengals. We'll continue the post-game show coming up next. But first, prize picks. Because you can still win in week two of the NFL season with prize picks. How does prize picks work? Well, you pick two to five players, and you decide if they're going to score more or less than their prize picks projection. You can win up to 10 times your money on any entry. In fact, we've had listeners turn 100 bucks into 1000 bucks. Boom. Just like that. Prize Picks offers projections on any sport that you watch. That includes, of course, the NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, NHL, PGA, college football, and so much more. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It is that easy, safe and fast withdrawals, and it's operational in over 30 states and Canada, Jake. Download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users receive a 100% instant deposit match up to 100 bucks. With promo code locked on. Again, if you deposit 100 bucks, Prize Picks will give you 100 bucks. If you deposit 50, they will give you 50. Don't forget to enter promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. It's going to be very interesting to me when I watch this game from the coaches' film angles is what's going on with the offensive line and how is that impacting play calling. Because like we've talked about, there were no downfield shots in this game, even when it looked like there might have been opportunities from the pre-snap look to get to that. Joe Burrow even talked about after the game, maybe they need to put in more checks for him to to get them into some shot plays when he feels like they have an opportunity to do so. Maybe I'm reading too much into that comment, but that is something that he said toward the end of his press conference that I found to be really interesting as well. But 
The offensive line, according to PFF, gave up 11 pressures on 44 pass blocking snaps. Most of those, uh, predictably, to Micah Parsons, who has seven pressures in this game, according to PFF, two sacks, three pass rush wins that didn't result in pressure, and a pass rush win rate north of 50%. So, Again, we're talking about the offensive line, James, and I can't tell you how many times this offseason you said we shouldn't be talking about the offensive line. I don't want to be talking about the offensive line. We're talking about the offensive line again, but I will say that it's not – the offensive line wasn't great. Joe Burrow didn't manage the pocket great either. I think he made it look worse than it was in the first place, but – I think that there's still reason to have hope that the offensive line will get better over the course of the season. It, it hasn't been good enough to start. Lyle Collins hasn't been good enough to start. And Jonah Williams almost gave up another strip sack. That was really the main wart of the game that I noticed from Jonah Williams. And Lyle Collins, I thought other times, fought back with a valiant second effort after losing initially. And then Joe Burrow didn't necessarily have anywhere to go. So their communication issues... Lyle Collins not blocking Micah Parsons on a play where he comes free on a third down, for example. But I still am not sounding alarm bells. I'm not hitting the panic button on the offensive line quite yet. And a lot of people in my Twitter mentions anyway are ready to talk about Frank Pollock and talk about this offensive line in a big way. Yeah, and I I get that. I understand that it's frustrating. And so you want to point fingers. And the offensive line deserves – it's fair share. Look, they haven't been good enough. They haven't. Could they be good enough at some point? Sure. It is, is it as bad as it was last year? I don't, I don't think so. I don't think it's, it's bad as it was last year. I, I, I don't think it's fun to watch what's happening right now. I don't think, you know, it's clearly still a topic, which is uh, against what I wanted, of course. So, so that's where I start. But, the sacks are too much, man. 13 sacks in two weeks. I mean, you do the math there, Jake. You're the math whiz. Six and a half yeah. times 17. Six and a half times 17. 70 was too much last year. And I know he's not going to get sacked six and a half times every week. But my God, it's just, it's too many. And, and then to, the thing that really, and, and Burrow mentioned this and Chase mentioned this. And after all of that, if you're not going to block well, well, damn it, don't get false starts. Cap had a false mm-hmm. start. Little Collins had two false starts they're not moving the ball anyway. And so you put them behind the chains first and 15 and these Cowboys are like, Hey, Micah's going to get there on one of these plays. So we can drop back and just let Joe run and run around and scramble and get hit. And and that's what happened a lot. So I think the communication stuff is still an issue. Uh, and, 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 you know, I asked Joe about it. I asked Zach about it and, and he said there was issues. I asked Joe about it. He said it was better this week. Who do you believe? I think there's still issues and it needs to get ironed out. And I'm sick and tired of watching Burrow get sacked a ton. And I think he is going to be the co- a quarterback that just gets sacked because of his playmaking style. Sure. Not six times. And, uh, you know, it, the other part of this, again, if you start slow mm-hmm. and you're down, you're going to want to throw the ball. And you're going to try to push the ball, except they didn't try to push the ball. So that part doesn't even ring true. Jesus. His throw chart. Have you seen his passing chart? 
Uh-huh. It was, it was, well, but that's what I mean about needing to see the routes. Like I need to see the routes that they were running on the plays where the ball didn't go deep anyway. Cause I don't even know if they tried to attack downfield. And that's yeah. what stood out to me about the last two plays of the game when they had the single high looks, I think they had single high looks there and they didn't even try. And I so asked that, uh, that would be more concerning to me. I asked Jamar if they called anything. Cause he said, we need to take some shots. And I said, did they call shots, shot plays? And he said, I don't remember. So Taylor was asked about that as well. You probably remember from his press conference. He said they had some called and then they had to check out of them. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we'll, we'll never really know there. And, yeah. and I am very interested to go back and see what happened on some of the plays where Joe took sacks that I didn't think were strictly on the offensive line. There were some plays where I thought the ball should have certainly been away. There were some plays where I thought Burrow – kind of invited the pressure or or didn't manage the pressure very well where some other quarterbacks might have done it differently or Joe Burrow last year might have done it differently. And there were still some vintage Joe Burrow plays in this game. The touchdown to T. Higgins I thought was a fantastic play, a throw on the left sideline just outside the outstretched fingers and fingernail of Trayvon Diggs, I assume, gets right by Diggs to T. Higgins for a first down in a big spot. There were some really nice plays for Joe Burrow in this game, but certainly what was missing was the explosive part of the offense. And you need at least some of that. You need at least some intermediate opportunities. And the Cowboys, to their credit, did a great job of coming up and tackling Jamar Chase on a few run-after-catch opportunities when the Bengals got him the ball out of the slot, which is really the only most of Jamar Chase's production in this game came out of the slot. So the Cowboys certainly had a plan there. And, you know, if you're Zach Taylor and the Bengals in this offensive line, there's a lot to go back and look at, but there has to be a way for you to get some of these explosive plays back into your offense. That's what you were last year. It's it's got to be back. And it's not like the offense. That's the thing is there's going to be people that say, oh, well, time. They didn't have it last year. And they They didn't have it last year. Their offensive line last year, I think, was worse than it's been this year. Like, I know the sack numbers are high, but like the type of hits versus the type of hits Burrow's taking now, like, it just, they felt worse last year. They felt more gruesome. Like, I think they're doing a little bit better. And I'm not defending the line because I think it's still an issue. And we're obviously spent a whole segment talking about it. But if you're getting hit anyways, take the shot. Mm -hmm. Like, if he's getting sacked anyways, you might as well have the play dialed on. Like, because you're going to hit on him. That's why I, I just, that's the part. If this offense isn't explosive, they were bad at, at being consistent last year offensively and moving the ball up and down the field. They were so inconsistent. But you know what they had? What they consistently did well, Jake? Big plays. Yeah. And, and so now, because who plays safe? Because Malik Hooker. And who's the other safety? It's six. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't have. The, yeah, he's number six. It, yeah. Because they're in a too high shell, you can't get the ball to Jamar Chase deep. Say it out loud. So it was Donovan Wilson. Okay. Yeah. Who? Mm-hmm. Who? Right. All right. So mm-hmm. that that's the part of it where they're too talented. And it, I literally remember saying this in 06 and 07 when it was Chad and TJ and Carson and Chris Henry. And I'm just like, man, they are too damn talented to be losing to and insert the team. Michael Vick's Atlanta Falcons. I remember that loss. I remember like, uh, 
I think that was 06. Anyways, uh, like I hate it. I I hate it because I thought it last week and I didn't want to mention it, Jake. And and it it feels that way. We have a lot more to cover. We do. Um, And and we're going to go from hate to love in just a second. Let's, uh, well, we'll get into the defense and more, but uh, first, you, you got to tell everyone about Turo. That's right, Turo, the world's largest car-sharing marketplace. And that sounds great to me when I'm traveling. I don't want to pay crazy prices with certain companies, but Turo, you can book any car you want, wherever you want it, from a community of local hosts. If it's in the U.S., Canada, or the U.K., you can get spacious SUV or a minivan or a sports car or a classic car. Maybe it's a special event and you want a nice luxury car. Well, if it's on Turo, it's available to you. And if it's something else you're looking for, maybe it's just practicality to get from point A to point B, affordable economy cars on a budget as well. Turo hosts can even deliver the car right to you sometimes. And well, that sounds like the epitome of convenience. Every trip is backed by liability insurance. Terms, conditions, and exclusions do apply. Ditch boring rental cars and find your drive at Turo.com. Now I got to tell you about Schultz & Sons Jewelers. I love Schultz & Sons. And that's what I meant when I said we're going to go from hate to love because I love my friends at Schultz & Sons, including Matt Schultz. He's a third-generation jeweler, big, big Bengals fan. He's probably as heartbroken as ever right now that the Bengals are 0-2. But if you're looking for a local jeweler, high quality products, high quality service, they're not gonna guide you. In our meeting with Matt, you know what he said? I talked someone out of buying something the other day because that did not fit them. (laughs) That was not the good fit for what they were looking for. He is not going to just sell you something to sell you something. Instead, he's going to educate you. He's gonna help you find what's right for you. And well, they're AGS certified. Only one in 20 jewelers are AGS certified. So uh, they're a part of the American Gem Society for those that don't know. Point is, if you're looking for any type of piece, engagement ring, hot take chain, necklace, earrings, something to take your mind off of the Bengals 0-2 start, Schultz & Sons is the place to go. You can check them out right now in Fort Mitchell, uh, on Dixie Highway, right across from the Mercedes-Benz dealer, Schultz & Sons is the place to go when you're looking for quality jewelry. It's schulzdiamonds.com, schulzdiamonds.com. And make sure you tell them Lockdown Bengals sent you. James, the defense, I thought, for the second straight week played pretty well. You said we're going to go to love. Although, before we get there... They didn't start the game very well. The Cowboys scored two touchdowns in the first quarter, and that's Cooper Rush's Dallas Cowboys. Cooper Rush finding throws with pressure in his face, standing in against blitzes, the Dallas Cowboys running the ball pretty well. And part of that is they did have a very long first drive that was extended with uh, uh, some conversions, and DJ Reader wasn't on the field the whole time, and Dallas ran the ball pretty well when DJ Reader wasn't on the field. And, you know, DJ Reader can't always be on the field. But the point is, DJ Reader, by the way, had another great game. Uh, you go down 14 points, you give up two first quarter touchdowns to a bad quarterback on the road. You're making the job very hard for your offense, and you're providing a lot of ammunition for that road crowd and a lot of confidence for that 
injured, banged up offense. Now, that doesn't excuse the Bengals offense by any means for what they did or didn't do in this game until the fourth quarter when they finally scored a touchdown. But talk about those slow starts. Last week, the defense didn't really start all that slow to me. It was it was the offense. The defense, I thought, against the Steelers played mostly a complete game. Against the Cowboys, it took them a little bit to find their footing. And then they were very good. And they finally got a turnover, and they almost had two more. But, you know, maybe if those almost were actual takeaways, the game looks a little bit different in the end, especially Mike Hilton's nearly pick six, which I thought was a fantastic mental rep for Mike Hilton. He recognized what was happening, broke on the ball, but just couldn't quite get there in time before uh, the the Dallas tight end, whose name I'm forgetting, got his hand on the ball. and Dalton Schultz. Dalton Schultz, thank you. I knew it was a Schultz, too. I just couldn't remember the first name because we just talked about a different one. Uh, got a hand on the ball, and, and Mike Hilton wasn't able to bring it in. But for, for a team like the Cowboys, I was hoping for another performance like we saw against the Steelers instead of how they started the game. And they did get there, and they eventually did play very well, and we'll talk about that too. But as part of the slow start discussion, the defense is unfortunately included. Yeah, they, they were. And overall, you're right. They played well and they should they they played well enough to win the game. The offense does what the offense should have done. They would have won the game. That said. First drive all week, we talk about fasting, uh, starting fast, fasting start. See, I'm ending slow, uh, starting fast here, Jake. And what does Rush do? 12 plays, fourth down conversion, 75 yards. Next drive. Ah, oh, the Bengals answer. They get a field goal. It's all right. Let's settle in. It's 7-3. It's not going to be ugly. It'll be okay, even though that drive was kind of ugly offensively. They did enough to get some points. Six plays. Tony Pollard streaks down. You can't have it. Not on the road in games like this. Like you, When you get a backup quarterback in a team like the Cowboys, where all week they were told how crappy they were, uh, my Uber driver – on the way here, and it was an Uber. I, it was one of them. Anyways, on the way here, was like, man, they need to get Sean Payton. Mike McCarthy needs to get his bleepity bleep out of here. He's that's what the talk was in Dallas going into this game. The sky was falling. Yep. So just jump on them right away. And and I thought that defensively they would be able to do that, even if the offense had their issues, and they didn't. They gave them hope. Cooper Rush for most of this game wasn't that good. But the first two drives, it was enough hope. It was enough momentum. It got the crowd in it. The crowd stayed in it throughout the game. That's the part that stinks. So overall, it's a pretty good effort by the defense. Mm -hmm. and, and, and if you give up 17 points and not 20, I'll take it all day. I think 20 is too much against this, this offense. But it's when the points came. Back-to-back yep. -back drives, momentum changes everything. And, and the, the Bengals' offense now, that they're on their heels. The team itself, is they're just in this deep hole again. And it's really hard on the road, man. It's really hard on the road to get out of it. It's super loud. It, it felt – AT&T Stadium's a lot like SoFi. Today, a lot of the hype and stuff leading up to this game, it felt like the Super Bowl. Like, there's a lot of – and I don't mean outside. I mean in here, like environment-wise, everything like that. It's It's wild here. And so you, you let the home team stick around a little bit and think, oh, yeah, Cooper Rush, it's 14 to 3, 17 to 3 at halftime. My God, you, you're just playing with fire on the road.
And so that's yeah. the, the, the big negative with this defense. And the crowd was in it, and that led to some yes. of those issues on offense. Like the last offensive play of the game for the Bengals, the headset went out, and the Dallas Cowboys are in the game. Obviously, the crowd is in full throat, and they're having a hard time getting the play communicated. Not that that's an excuse, but uh, it's just worth pointing out that the crowd was in it the entire way, really, the entire way. And the defense, to their credit, like like I said, they did settle down. They played, in, in, again, really disciplined football, I think, for the most part in the second half. They gave up some more yards this week. Um, you know, Cooper Rush, I thought, did a really nice job of standing in against pressure and just ripping it to whoever he thought he could. He he was nearly punished twice, probably should have thrown two interceptions. Instead, uh, doesn't have a turnover to his credit on the day and had some really nice plays to Cowboys receivers settling down into zones. Eli Apple had a forgettable day if you're looking for a forgettable day on the on the defensive side of the ball. And Trey Hendrickson against Dan Moore and Tyler Smith, I would have liked to have seen more. Uh, he was on the injury report again, as I mentioned, with the back thing. Hopefully that's not affecting him too much. But against this caliber of competition, hoping to see a little bit more from Trey Hendrickson. I thought DJ Reader, again, played a fantastic game. I thought BJ Hill had a great second half. Uh, great second half in run defense, got his hand on a ball that got the Dallas Cowboys to punt the ball, give the, the Bengals one more opportunity to go down there and try to win the game uh, toward the end of, of regulation there. I thought uh, Sam Hubbard had a pretty nice game as well, had a cleanup sack on a pressure that I think DJ Reader created with the bull rush, and he got over there to clean it up. Good hustle play for Sam Hubbard, looping around on a stunt. And also had a number of nice run stops as well in the game. So plenty of nice performances on defense. Logan Wilson and Von Bell combining to force a fumble that DJ Reader recovers as well. But, um, you know, against this caliber of offense, I am looking for a little bit more from the defense at this point. I didn't have that complaint as much against the Steelers because of the kind of offense they were running. The Cowboys weren't protecting Cooper Rush as much. And, and the Bengals weren't able to create as much havoc as I would have liked to have seen given that. So I do think they generally played well. I do think there were some opportunities that were there for them that they didn't quite seize. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's the part of it. If, if I would have told you they forced one turnover and get one sack, that would have felt underwhelming to me, right? Like, and I know there was more and it's not that simple. But it well, also, even giving up 20 points is more than I thought they would give up. And they it, were straight up, like, this wasn't short field stuff. This wasn't off no, turnovers like no. we talked about. So. No. In, like, like, the last drive, did you, like, I literally, I, I don't know why. I just knew. I was like, all right, it's going to be 20 to 17. And I rolled with it. I didn't have two different game stories today. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't have to. When, when they tied it, I, I, I backed down a little bit. But the moment they punted, it was like, uh, in speaking of punting, uh, just let's get into the coaching stuff a little bit. One more time to do this throughout the week. And so, you know, tomorrow when we talk again, but yeah. fourth and six in the second quarter, I'm doing one of two things. I'm doing one of two things. I'm using arguably the best kicker in football in the dome at 59, 60 yards. And I know that sounds crazy. Oh man, that's so long. He would have made it. He kicked okay, the 59 yarder last week. Yeah. So, so, so that's one, right? Or you go for it and you're aggressive and you say, all right, Jamar, run a slant in the slot 
and have Hurst on there, you know, something, a, a real safe play to get seven yards. And instead they punt. And I was just like, ah, and, and they don't end up getting anything from it. And, and by the way, that is an example. The defense didn't give up points there, but the defense failed because they gave up the long run to Zeke, like a 12-yard run on the very next play on first down. And, and the Cowboys got a couple first downs and were able to flip the field. So it was a bad decision by Zach, but the defense didn't get it done either. Right. Uh, the other – this one's going to be much more controversial to our listeners. For anyone still listening at the 32-minute ter- mark, the fourth down decision bot said – has varying degrees of recommendations for what you should do. Maybe we'll talk about this one more tomorrow. The fourth down decision bot was plus 12% win probability to go for it on fourth and two from your own 16 (laughs) versus punting it there. And I don't fault Zach Taylor for this one because going for it from your own 16 when you have overtime potentially on the other side, Mm -hmm. I I get why you would punt. And Kevin Huber hit a 63-yard punt. But you're punting from your own end zone, and yeah. all Dallas needs is a field goal, and they have timeouts, and they didn't manage the the end of the game well. Did Dallas? But you know, you go for it, and you make it, then you know at least you can run the clock, whatever it is. But anyway, that that one's more understandable from Zach yeah. Taylor certainly. But the end, the you know the nine minute drive, the lack of urgency on that drive, I take issue with that time management as well. Probably something we can dive into more. Uh, as as we have time to digest and get into it tomorrow. Yeah, I actually had issue on third down. Let's let's run something that's going to get four yards. Yeah, I would love and, to see what, what that play was. And, and, you know, like, I get it, the catch and run stuff, and it can work. Like with Hayden Hurst, it worked with the catch and run. But this is the game. And so I'm fine with the ball going to Boyd, by the way. That's great. It needs to be uh, not a, a flat route where you're hoping that he can he can make a, a defender miss or he's going to have enough room there to get the first down. And I agree with you. There was no urgency on the 19-play drive. None. I'm like, what if they don't get the two-point conversion? Like, right. what are you guys – like, move a little bit now. Let's move. And yeah. they didn't. So we have a lot to talk about, Jake. I would have lost my tail if you would have told me that they would start out 0-2. And, and yet here we are. I'm listening to uh, Leaf Blowers at Jerry World. We got uh, security guards as I was walking up from the field doing my post-game stand-up. I uh, heard overheard the security guard, and I tweeted this. Man, who would have thought they would have won? Talking yeah. about the Cowboys. Like, yeah. what, a, what a wild world we live in. I think the Bengals are one in seven in Dallas. Yeah, it's something like that. To, uh, they've got a lot to figure out here on this young season. You can't start 0-2. That makes it really, really hard. And if we're talking about the playoffs for this team in six, seven, eight, nine, twelve weeks, whatever it is, we're probably going to be looking back at these two games, and it's going to hurt them one way or the other. But I don't think we can even really be talking about the playoffs right now. They have a lot to prove to get back into that conversation. And next week, it's the Jets who just beat the Browns in hilarious Browns fashion. But who am I to throw a stone in a glass house? And then it's the Dolphins who with Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddell terrorized the Baltimore Ravens secondary in the second half in their comeback wins. So, uh, uh, they could have been tied for first place, Jake. Yeah, 
0-4 for the AFC North this week, and the Bengals knew that it was 0-3 going into their game. They just had to take care of business. They did not. We have many, many questions on the offensive side of the ball. I think there are questions about the coaching staff. There are questions about Burrow and the offensive line and getting out to a fast start. And, well, the Bengals will have to answer these questions because there are high expectations for this team in Cincinnati, and so far they haven't quite hit the mark. We'll continue to break it down as we will react further to the game tomorrow after we've had a chance to digest and do some analysis, talk about some of the post-game comments as well. More coverage as we've got you covered here every day on Locked On Bengals coming your way. Thanks for listening, Bengals fans. Hootay, and have a good one.